Welcome to the BioCharisma Podcast. I am your host, Christopher Gardner. Today we have Cesar Sauce. <laughs> it's a Brazilian name. Uh, he's Brazilian. And so I just wanted to make sure I'm pronouncing in the in the Portuguese tongue. Uh, Cesar is an engineer that had the capacity to convert the metaphysics of Norberto Kepe into an actual mechanical motor. Now, why is this relevant to the biocruismites out there? These motors, I don't, if you understand how many things in your life run on a little motor that spins, you'd be amazed. Your, your life is probably touched by 100 DC motors a day. Problem is, these DC motors are built on an inverted physics. And our guest today, Cesar, he figured out how to actually disinvert these physics. And um, this is the Kepe motor. And so this conversation was wide ranging. We get into a lot of metaphysical, um, I guess you would say, tropes, <laughs> a, a very, very deep conversation, which I found to be just so enlivening. Um, thank you for joining us. And if you like this podcast, please share and and uh, with all your friends, we have a, a wonderful chat that is on Telegram. It's the BioCharisma podcast chat. So feel free to, to join the chat. And uh, we have these ongoing conversations going on all the time. And uh, enjoy the podcast. figured the aurora borealis would be the perfect way to talk about ionization in the kepe motor so i thought it was apropos to our discussion welcome yes. to the bio charisma podcast cesar how are you oh i'm very happy to be here with you and your audience let's try to do our best in order to clarify some questions right wonderful wonderful just to give the audience a background i bought a kepe motor a kit of yours about 13 years ago and I, I wanted to test it. Um, I was so excited to, to look at this pulsed DC motor. It's an actual, uh, with an opti-coupler. And I, I built it and it did exactly what you guys claimed it would do. It lasted forever. I ran it on a little nine volt battery for a, uh, close to two months. It was absolutely amazing. It was amazing. The first time we did one of these, I got like amazed too. I woke up many times during the night to check if the motor was really running in a 1.5 volt battery. And it kept running for quite a long time. Yes. Many days. Yeah. I've been, uh, I've been into a little electric motors for so long because I was very big into remote control cars. You, oh, ever, you ever see remote control cars like 110 scale, 112 scale cars? They have those uh -huh. DC motors. So ever since I was 10 years old, I was always cleaning brushes on motors. I was always taking the armature out, looking at the can with the magnets and then seeing the armature with the windings. So for me, 
to look at the configuration of the Kepe motor, when I first saw the configuration, it was everything was tangential to what I was used to. <laughs> yes, we are very familiar with the subject, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, okay. just, just not because I'm an engineer, it's just because I was a hobbyist. I was just somebody that liked to play with motors. This so, is something I admire a lot in the American people. They have hobbies yes. connected to practical things. I like that very yeah. much. Yeah. It's a very good and as I'm 47 now, and as a little kid playing with these motors, I was like, why aren't our cars running on these motors? <laughs> <laughs> so now it's kind of fun to see. Like, I know they're not running on the same technology as the Kepe motor, but it's fun for me to see something that I thought of as a kid, because I was thinking if a one-tenth scale car could do 80 kilometers per hour, you make it a regular scale car that's 800 miles per hour if you know given less resistance and all the rest of it but to me i was just like this technology why are we using gasoline the way we're using it so yeah. for me for me this is just a dream come true with with all of the technology that your your company is putting forward yeah this is a very nice promise for the future i guess yes it is yes it is so let's let's dive into what makes a, a Kepe motor a Kepe motor. So I, I'll ask the first question here. What makes a Kepe motor different from a normal DC motor? Well, Christopher, there are many things that I can like enumerate, uh, but I think the most important thing is the theory itself. Yes. The theory is based on Dr. Kepe's discovery on a phenomenon called inversion psychological inversion. Mm -hmm. This Dr. Kep is a scientist of the area of psychopathology, right? Mm -hmm. He's a brilliant psychoanalyst with more than 50 books written, 500 programs uh, translated into many languages all over the world. They know him in this field. And he discovered in 1977 this phenomenon called inversion, psychological inversion. And what it is, is it? Inversion is a process in very simple terms of rejecting to see your own problems. When you reject to see your own problems, you tend to see them outside of you. So you project the vision, your reality outside. So imagine a complete society thinking different things about themselves and the others they meet. You know, so we live in a fantasy, let's say, in a kind of an illusion. So this phenomenon is unconscious, and that's why it dominates uh, our way of being, let's say. So that's why we choose politicians based on what they say and not in what we feel about them, because we tend to believe in, in lies, right? That's why when you do something thinking is good, and in the end, the result is very bad, you don't know why, right? right. It's because you were moved by inversion. So as this phenomenon is unconscious, it tends to be part of every human being in humanity. Since the beginning of humanity until today, every human being suffers from this inversion. And also the great geniuses of mankind, like, for example, Aristotle, Plato, Newton, Descartes, Einstein, uh, Galileo, all of the scientists, they had inversions. And they put their inversions in their works, right? 
Right. This is, this is fantastic to perceive because it, what, who is the father of science? It's Aristotle is considered to be the father of science. And Aristotle made essential inversions according to Dr. Kepi, because Aristotle is the father of physics. And what is the basic inversion Aristotle made in physics? He inverted by believing that energy comes from matter. If you believe that energy comes from matter, we destroy our material world. This is what we are seeing today, isn't it, Christopher? We yes. are destroying our petroleum reserves, our woods, forests, gas, natural resources. We are destroying everything because we believe that matter is the basic content of energy. No. In this sense, when Dr. Cappy disinverted Aristotle, he perceived that prior to matter, there is a substance which he called energy, essential energy, that creates matter. But this substantial energy is not sensitive to our instruments. Mm -hmm. And you know, how does he see matter? He sees matter as a kind of resonance of this energy in time and space. So all kinds of matter, they are simple resonances of this en space energy, mm -hmm. right? Right. So now we come back to that point. What makes the Cappy motor different from the DC conventional motor? Mm -hmm. Michael Faraday uh, discovered the law of induction. The, he studied a lot of uh, magnetism, right? Electromagnetism is one of the fathers of electromagnetism. And DC motor is based in this theory, classical theory of uh, Faraday. Okay. And so uh, we see, tend to see the magnet as the origin of magnetism right? The same way we believe that energy comes from matter, we, in electromagnetism, we believe that the magnetic field is generated by the matter of the, the magnet. And this is the problem. Right. Right. Do you want to make any, to ask yes. something? Yes, you because know? it's, it's a lot of fun. I've been interviewing, I, I've interviewed a bunch, a bunch of alchemists and the alchemists that I've interviewed, they talk about the lodestone. And the lodestone is what we would now call a magnet. Now, I've built my own inventions where I've had to hire magnet companies to make me special magnets. I see. And so a lot of people don't know what goes into making a magnet. So what, <laughs> what you actually have to do is you have to take a ferrous material. Most people nowadays use iron boron or neodymium. And uh -huh. they shock it in a direction. And the direction of the shock is the equivalent to the polarity of the material. Yes. So, so when I'm explaining magnetism to people, I'm like, essentially, a magnet is a traumatized piece of metal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and what you're experiencing, the work that it does, is just like humans, we get traumatized as a little kid. We get lied to, like you're talking about. And that trauma, the lie is a trauma to us. And then what we end up acting out throughout our entire life is an expression. It's yes. the, it's the mag magnetic projection that has occurred from the trauma. To me, it, it's, it's a one-to-one -one correlation. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Do you, do you know how Dr. Cappy sees the electric current? 
he says, he explains to us that electric current is no more than magnetism of the environment trapped in the, in the material of the wire. That makes that, 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 that is exactly the way I feel that because I'm a massage therapist. So I'm trained in polarity therapy. That's exactly uh -huh. the way we're taught in polarity therapy. That's what we're actually feeling. So when you deal with somebody that does cranial sacral work or somebody that does the, the more subtle energy work, what you're feeling in the fascia of the body in the more in the um, meridians is you're actually feeling which direction there has been a trauma and what direction it's going and where it is in the body gives you the indication of what how that's manifesting through a behavior perspective. Exactly. It's exactly the same uh, process. Yes. Exactly the same process. And you know, our technology is based on wires conducting electric current. And Dr. Kepi says, well, most of the energy is not being used no. in this kind of technology. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. We are like wasting energy. Yes. Yeah. So how does this equate? Like, how how is he able to configure these wires and magnets in a way that it was used more efficiently with your motor. Yeah, okay. If as long as you see matter as a byproduct of energy, yes, right? You disinvert the Aristotle's theory. You start to see the magnets in a different perspective also. Right. Magnets are kind of a transducers of energy. Mm -hmm. They capture essential energy from the environment and they translate this energy into a magnetic field that you can sense, you yes. can measure. Mm -hmm. So in this sense, you try to use the, the basic laws of energy. And what are the most basic law of energy is resonance. Mm. Resonance is fantastic because when you have an oscillating system in a state of resonance, you automatically have a better efficiency, the maximum efficiency of the system. Mm -hmm. So what we do, we create a resonance between the rotor, magnetic rotor spinning and the a series of collapses in the coils. Mm -hmm. The coils, they first they build up energy and then you cut the, the input Mm -hmm. and they, they collapse. This building ups and collapses create a state of resonance with the motor. And then the motor reaches automatically the higher, the maximum efficiency. Mm -hmm. This is what we, we do. But also another phenomenon takes place because in the same way that you see electric current as a magnetism trapped in a wire, we see the magnetic field in the core, in the ferromagnetic core as something trapped the outside magnetism trapped in the coil in the mm -hmm. core so we uh, remove this core and we work with uh, coreless motors nice. we use air air core you know mm -hmm. coreless right yeah, yeah you just we made the coils without in resin mm -hmm. which is um, a neutral material it's completely neutral. By doing that, you eliminate completely the losses due wow. to iron. So right? can I ask you a, a, just an engineering question? How do you couple the rotational speed to something that's going to do work? How, how do you do the coupling then? If there's no armature, how do you couple? 
Now we do the, the, the armature is based on resin. We have a resin. Ah, okay. Okay. Do I you get see? It. Yes. The, the coils, they get stuff inside the resin. They get very mm -hmm. hard, the resin. Yes. And so the rotor spins inside. And when the rotor is spinning inside, we also use a technique called uh, confined magnetic field. What is this? Imagine the rotor full of magnets spinning inside the coils. The coils mm -hmm. are uh, static. And outside these coils, you have a magne another magnetic field uh, connected to the rotor magnetic field. They are solidary. They, they can rotate at the same time, right? So you have a north polarity here and you have a south polarity here. Really? When they are connected here, you have the coils inside. The mm -hmm. motor spins outside. So it's in runner and out runner at the same time. Ah, and so then when you create this, you have no gap. You have no iron losses and no gap at all for the motor. So when you apply current, a very small quantity of current, the motor develops such tremendous force, torque. And right. this is the way it works, right? Well, but also, there is another key question in this. For you to reach higher, higher efficiencies, you have to give a pulse in a perfect width that you achieve resonance state. Yes. You cannot do a pulse in any length you want. Mm -hmm. you, ha you have to have a specific length that the configuration of the motor, the number of polarities in the rotor will tell you what is the perfect width for the motor to reach higher speed, uh, efficiency. So I, you... I, so I totally understand because I, I use pulse width modulators in certain circuits because uh -huh. I'm always building certain different circuits. So I'm, I'm so, ramps, right? Yeah. So I'm somewhat familiar with pulse width modulation. I don't want to get too heady for people out there because I already know most people don't know, you know, the, the basic mechanics of a motor. But what you're talking about with resonance also has me to, has me thinking about a shape. Because what I understand as I'm engineering different shapes different shapes have different resonant qualities. So yes. <laughs> so you yes. guys essentially still have a cylinder because we have something spinning, but have you found that you've you've changed the shape of either your windings or have you changed the shape of your magnets? Like have you done anything on that side of it to give you that that yes. resonance? Yes. You touched a very very sensitive point now. And I'm a, a, a bit reluctant about telling you the results we got. <laughs> I don't okay. know your audience if they are prepared or not for it. <laughs> well, so here, can I'm, I'm just going to give you a background. I don't know if you had a chance to actually look at my website, but I build dome homes and I build, I build resonant structures to live in. And I've mainly made two resonant structures that are sound studios. And I'm working with uh, these people over in Scotland, actually Ireland, excuse me. <laughs> um, they're, they're being hired by the World Economic Forum to, to make these special resonant chambers uh, to study how humans, how the human heart rate variability and the plant, because um, like plants react to us and they can measure the electrical currents of plants depending on you know, mm -hmm. this is all from the toroid of our heart. <laughs> so 
right now I'm working on how to design these structures where you could have a group of people say toning or singing or doing something where the people get into resonance and then the you can actually measure the electrical current in the plants. So it's measuring how biological entities actually interface with each other in a given structure, like get in a given shape, because you can't do that in a box. You can't put somebody in an eight vertice box with other biological organisms where we're all, you know, we're nothing but curves and, you know, all these beautiful ratios. You do that and you put us in a box and you try and do something like that. That's like Western science 101. It's just like, oh, the environment has nothing to do with the experiment that we're doing. Incorrect. <laughs> the, environment, yeah, yeah. the environment, the shape of the environment that you're actually curating has everything to do with the effect that's going to be inside. And so this is, um, this is where my art is. This is when I build homes and build structures. This is where where I'm trying to get people to go to. That's why I've bought your fans is like, I'm like, okay, you built this beautiful curved structure with a reciprocal roof, but yet you're using conventional fans. That makes no sense. But let's, yes. take the, let's take the next step. Let's use resonant motors inside your beautiful curved building. And now we're getting to a place or we use the actual full spectrum LED lights, not just the little little spectrum LED. You know, we do all the things that we can do to, to curate the environment where it's easier for us to fall into resonance. That that's my yeah. whole that's my whole gig. <laughs> exactly, and in our case, when the motor, the capi motor, is in resonance, it starts to pump energy from outside and retransmit it to the time and space dimension, let's say, to the material yes. dimension. This oh. is exactly what takes place. Mm -hmm. And so you asked me if the shapes are important in our case. Yes. Yes, I can answer you. Yes, they are. The number of coils, number of polarities, and the shape of the coils and the rotor. We, was, we went to Germany three times to measure one special motor we did when we discovered, when we made the Capi motor for the first time, this was uh, February 2008. In 2010, Germany scientists, they knew about us and they wanted to measure our motor. We went there by their own expenses. They called us three times there. The two first times they couldn't measure it uh, accurately. They needed new devices to measure it properly. And you know, Germans, they, they are very tight, very precise in what they do. I remember the, they had an equipment, Christopher, to measure the, the resistance of the coils of the stator in our motor. It was big, like a wardrobe, very, very big, just to measure the resistance. It was amazing. So imagine the other equipment to measure the efficiency of the motor. Right. So we took uh, three times, we went there, and for the last time, it was uh, done in the presence of two other head engineers. One was professor, the head professor in the University of Eindhoven at the time in Holland. And the other was a German scientist who was there to watch it. And uh, we measured 127% efficiency 
of the motor in the most precise way possible, right? Mm. So what was the result? We were we very naive. We were expecting them to give us like a certificate of them. But you know, they deleted all the, the data uh, um, taken in the experiment. We didn't have anything. And, I'm, and my friend engineer, Alexandre Frascari, he went there together with me. He had a backup in his computer. But he didn't, they didn't accept this backup because they said, well, this is not our equipment. It's yours equipment. I don't know if you change them or not. And we didn't get the certification of the measurements. Well, you know the implications, what would have, right? Yes. What would be. Absolutely. And now answering your question, how was the motor we took? Mm -hmm. The motor, it was like um, a disc. It was one single disc in two polarities, and the coils they were round, uh, half half dome, mm -hmm. half domes, two half domes. They had uh, five thousand windings, a copper thirty-one gauge, mm -hmm. 30, thirty-one AWG gauge, mm -hmm. five thousand on top and five thousand on bottom. They were domes. Mm -hmm. And uh, we developed a system called electromagnetic turbo system. Whenever the coils, they collapse, you provoke a collapse in the coil, they, these collapses generate a peak of voltage, mm -hmm. a voltage peak, very, very high voltage peak. This voltage peak was absorbed into capacitors and refed, readdressed re to the motor mm -hmm. in a second. Pulse. Mm -hmm. So we have one pulse motor and another pulse generator. Mm -hmm. And this balance made the motor to be over unity, right? Mm -hmm. In resonance, they enter in resonance. In this sense, we say the motor entering resonance with the outside energy and mm -hmm. readdresses to the material dimension, let's say. That's that's amazing because I'm abs I build. I've built 50 foot diameter domes, <laughs> like actual my the biggest permanent dome structure I've built is 32 foot diameter. I've built beehive domes, which are a lancet arch dome. I've done magnetic arrays in a beehive dome configuration. Um, I've built 20 foot diameter for you, six meter diameter beehive domes for homes um, out of super adobe. And you will laugh at this. The very, I think it was the fifth beehive dome building I was building out of super adobe. About every 12 centimeters that you have a, a row of, of rammed earth, you lay barbed wire. Well, I'm looking at the barbed wire. We're about 10 rows up. And I'm like, the barbed wire is conductive. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I'm like, this whole beehive dome is a coil. Yes. And a coil like this. I'm like, this whole house should, this, this dome should generate enough power for to run anything that's inside of it. If I have a proper ground and a proper antenna up top, the potential from the ground and going six meters up, and then I have I forget how many how many meters of because you run two coils at the same time, or two two uh, 
two lines of barbed wire. If I ran two lines of barbed wire, that's 42, 42 different levels of that. That's a lot of coil. <laughs> yes, of course it is. And I, I just intuitively knew, I'm like, oh, every home should be generating its own power. Like if, if the homes were built like this and built with this material and done correctly where there's no shorts in the coil, I'm like this whole thing. And I knew the whole red because I was building domes because I know the, the difference of the shape. You'll, you'll love this too, because the reason why domes are so resilient to earthquakes is because when you have an earthquake, depending on the type of earthquake, the shear, the, the energy that's coming to the side of the building, it's distributed equally through the dome. Mm -hmm. So as the energy, the pulse of the ground moves towards the shape of the dome, the dome rings like a bell. It just stays on top and moves like this in unison. When you have a stick frame house, it's like a, it, it does this. It's a parallelogram where the roof fights the ground. So just from an architectural perspective, it was very easy to see that the dome shape transduces whatever energy that's coming at it, it transduces it into a vertical line. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't transduce it into a horizontal force. I see. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, you have... If you build a lancet arch dome, which is like a beehive, if you build it like that and you have the coil, I, I, I didn't know how to do it. I just knew that that was an absolute possibility for our homes to produce our own energy. Uh, you see, this what you said is similar to an egg. When you stress, you try to smash an egg in a certain way along the the longest axis mm -hmm. it doesn't break easily <laughs> it's mm -hmm. very difficult to break it because of the shape it's kind of a dome right exactly and i also think that if the universe is made of energy universe is energy mm -hmm. we don't have a crisis of energy no. <laughs> the crisis we have a crisis of ignorance not not yeah. of energy <laughs> So what you're saying, of course, we are receiving energy in many different ways. Yes. Right. That's so wonderful to hear that you guys actually built a resonant motor out of hemispherical shapes, hemispherical windings. Uh, you don't even know what a confirmation that is to me. That's <laughs> just such a wonderful thing. Um, you know, because in the uh, Dr. Cappy's theory that is in this book here, I don't know if you can see. Yes. New physics derived from a met, uh, the, from a disinverted metaphysics. Yes. This, okay. Then I'll send you one book for you if you don't have it. I don't have okay. it. I would love it. Now that I'm in the United States, I can receive things much easier. <laughs> the first time I contacted your company, I was in the, I was literally in the rainforest of Costa Rica. It was not the easiest place to get things. <laughs> what were you doing there? I was building. Ah, building these domes. Building dome homes, yeah. Oh, yeah, very yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, I, I was I was subjected to Victor Schauberger in 2006. Mm -hmm. And I was living in, in an area of South Florida, United States, that was so congested. 
And the second I read Victor Schauberger, I read Callum, Callum Coates' book, Living Energies. And I, I was just like, I can't live here. I can't be here anymore. And so I was another scientist who was uh, suppressed by the the conventional media, right? Yes. Yeah. That's why when I came across uh, the Kepe motor, I knew immediately, I I knew intuitively and just practically that it would work because I was already conditioned by Schauberger for four years. So um, I, I grew up in South Florida where there's lots of hurricanes and my dad was a builder and he was always prompting me that domes were much more resilient to hurricanes than a regular conventional square home was. And um, I had the chance to move to Costa Rica and like get, just get into the wilderness, get into the, the full rainforest. So like totally submerge myself into nature and I did like full on and it was, it took me about a year and a half to get situated to understand what was appropriate in that area. And in 2008, I built my first dome home there. And from that point on, the more I was learning about Schauberger in the egg shape and the egg shape flow form, I was on a farm where I got to make flow forms. And so I got to watch water move and I got to watch how, how it, what was the best way because Costa Rica has a terrible problem with runoff. They use so much glyphosate um, to kill weeds that all the quebradas, all the rivers, I shouldn't say all, a lot of them, um, the banks of the rivers were degrading. And so in reading all of everything from Schauberger that I could get my hands on, I was like, oh, well, we just need to direct the water in a way that the water isn't degrading the side of these quebradas. And then we got to institute it on three different farms and it worked really well. So I got into aquaculture and getting, you'll laugh at this, getting into aquaculture got me actually into thermodynamics because the way... (laughs) The way, you, the way any fluid moves, including the fluid of air, it's all the same. It all, wants, yes. Yes. it all wants to move going from high pressure to low pressure. So I was living off grid in the, in the tropics and it was so, so wet. And a friend of mine that was into Ayurvedic medicine, she was like, you need, to, you need the fire element around you to get healthy. So I found out about these rocket stoves. Have you seen a rocket stove? No, no. Uh, I'll send you some pictures. Rocket stove. Stove, you mean? Yeah. Stove. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it. I saw them. So I got into making rocket stoves and then making rocket mass heaters. And then I got into the whole convection current. And I was like, this is all Schauberger all over again. And uh-huh. so I was started to flute all my pipes with spirals to get more convection. And I was getting these incredible results. And then I figured out it, it was just one thing led to another, led to another. The main thing that I was learning was essentially fluid dynamics. People might yeah, call- the technology of the vortexes, right? Vortex technology. Precisely. Yeah, Schauberg is vortex technology. Precisely. 
So that's yes, exactly what we try to do in a captain motor all the time. The shapes are important in this sense. Yes. We also discovered that based on Dr. Kepi's theory that the natural movement of the universe is uh, circular. Yes. And the galaxies, they are spiral. It's not by chance. They just follow the inflow of energy coming from the transcendental uh, dimension mm -hmm. into our material dimension. That's the natural way energy works. If yes. you do an, a device based on this movement, you have the maximum efficiency possible. Mm -hmm. And I think Schauberger devised it pretty well. He knew yes. it instantly. Definitely. He was very, very good at that. <laughs> I, amazing. And I think a lot of his technology is being used today without us really knowing about it. I, I, I think essentially a lot of his motor technology when it comes to, let's just say, uh, a spinning, a rotating fan next to another rotating fan next to another rotating fan next to another rotating fan where all the fluting of each one of the of the little wings is a little bit different that creates a resonance mm -hmm. that is used everywhere and people don't even know it and when you look <laughs> when you look at the motors that that I'm theorizing are using it if you were to look at a perfect side profile of it it looks exactly like an egg shape they're used mm -hmm everywhere and so i think his technology was stolen from him and i you know like most most great great inventors a lot of their their stuff um i should say a lot of their inventions you know there's other people that try and take advantage of that without giving them credit. in the first cent in the uh, beginning of the 20th century we had great figures in this sense schauberger we had nikola tesla Yes. We had at the Royal Raymond Rife in California, yes. and uh, we had a uh, Ruth Drum, Albert Abrams, mm -hmm. and many, many, many others. Uh, Heisch, Willem Heisch also mm -hmm. made motors. He studied this energy, orgon energy. All of these scientists, they were scientists of the energetics. They believed that energy created matter. Precisely. But they were discarded because this was not orthodox. In this sense, have you noticed that we are dominated by materialistic science? Yes. Physics, by the very name, physics implies physics, <laughs> material. <laughs> so this, imagine how absurd it is, Christopher, to believe that our thoughts derives from particles, mm -hmm. that love comes from particles. It's absurd. There is no comment on this, you know. And they developed a so beautiful mathematics on top of a fantasy. Mm -hmm. Because material matter is consequence, is not cause of anything. That's the, that's the best way I've ever heard it said. Material is consequence. Yeah, and matter is consequence. It, that is so clean. That is, that's what I'm going to name this podcast, just so you know. Material is consequence, because that is the cleanest way I've ever heard it said, because that is so true. I tell my clients all the time, whether I'm building for my client or I'm massaging my client, 
this is all an outcome of your mind, your belief patterns. This is all your life as it's expressing is an outcome of your consciousness. And so and this, this is and this materialistic view, Christopher, is spread out in all kinds of sciences. For example, uh, in physics, they believe our soul is part of your body. If you die, your soul dies because the matter is the origin of soul. So you kill the matter, you kill the, the, the soul. So there is no life after death according to our physical, physical science. And this is not true, <laughs> right? So based on that, if it comes a person that says, oh, look, I am seeing a spirit over there. Science will say, well, you need to consult a, a psychiatrist and he will give you lots of uh, medicines because you are crazy. But, and then if you are seeing a spirit in reality, you are seeing something that is real. What's the problem of seeing a spirit, for example? Mm -hmm. You see, a spiritual realm is completely uh, obscured to us because of our materialistic science. Yes. And also when you try to deal with a person who has psychological problems, you believe is a neurochemical reaction that is not right in his mind. That's why he's sick. It's not only that. Okay, you can have a physical problem, but the problem is mainly spiritual, spiritual, psychological problem. Mm -hmm. Because remember, energy creates matter. Spirit dominates the body. Mm -hmm. It's always like this. It's the other way around. This is the basic inversion in our, in our world today, mm -hmm. right? And it, it is, I mean, that one inversion is, is the core. It's the core of dis-ease, of disease. Yes. And the yes. more, when I've, I've talked about this in other podcasts and my clients is the more contradictions, the more lies one person harbors the more dis-ease their body has. Exactly, 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 exactly. Do you know, Dr. Cappy, he defines essential energy with three elements, good, beauty, and truth. When, and these elements, they are absolute. They are not relative because the energy is not you that creates it. It comes from God, from the divine being. Right. And this energy, if you are in this situation, you said, if you are, you harbor many lies, you don't enter in resonance with it. If you don't enter in resonance with it, you do not capture it. And then you get sick. It's as simple as this. Our oh. sickness is this, not to have resonance with this energy. That's all. Uh, I am, I have chills all over my body right now. This is simple, isn't it? It's so we simple. Know more this subject, we can make other podcasts, not with me, but with other people who are much more um, scholarly in this, but in the psychopathology field that can explain to you very well the origin of diseases, mental and sick diseases and physical diseases. Yes. It starts in the energy problem. Well, I have to deal with it all the time because I, I end up dealing with people when they're the most vulnerable. When you think of a massage, you know, the person is vulnerable. They're on a table and they're receiving body work in a way where their defenses drop. So I've yep. been, I've been witness to 
the the secondary and tertiary influences that are non-corporeal yes mm -hmm. and so i i really resonate with the work of jerry marzinski i don't know if you've ever come across him but he worked in the field of i think it was psychology within the federal penitentiary system in the united states and he saw people essentially being that, that were, he doesn't use the word possessed, but they had these secondary influences coming into them, depending on what type of one thing we say possessed. Yes, I, I say possessed too. Like I've seen possessed people. I've had to yeah. deal, I've had to deal with two possessed people. And one in the second time I had to deal with it, I was working with another practitioner at the same time and we were both working on the same woman at the same time and we both saw it like we both saw it and the energy that we had to run this this good true and beautiful energy that started to naturally cycle through my body and my partner's body at the same time with the woman that we were working on that wasn't sponsored by me I didn't have the conscious thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do now. Mm -hmm. It just happened. And the energy just started to run through me and it started to run through her. And we were both making eye contact. We didn't say anything. And we just, we just kind of, it was like a dance. It was like capoeira. <laughs> we were just, uh -huh. kind of, we were kind of moving and doing this thing. And then it left. And after we were done, it was so funny. My partner, she was like, she's like, oh, now I can add exorcist to my bio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three books written on exorcisms. Three books. Are they in English? Can, are, are, are any of them in English? They are. Two of them are in English and I can send to you. I, I need to read it because I talk to a lot of people about walk-ins and this whole thing because I, I had a near-death experience as a child and so uh -huh. I've always had this like this ability to almost bilocate my consciousness like I know the the body isn't me it's a part of me but it's not me and my my one of my best friends he also had a near well he had a real death experience and came back I don't call it near death like when you die when the physical uh -huh. body drops it drops and I was given, I wasn't given a chance to, like, it wasn't my decision. <laughs> Somebody like the, the hierarchy of beings that were around me was like, no, you got to go back. And so I, I came back into my body and my friend, he had a choice. He had a choice whether or not he, he could come back or not. And he chose to came back too. So he and I both work in these fields where we're all we're dealing with is resonance all we're dealing with like the reason why you know god put us back or had us come back was he's doing it with medicine work with the daimi from brazil i'm doing it through through structures building structures through massage we're our whole thing if you're just to boil it down is resonance the good the true and the beautiful that's you what know uh, Christopher, I had one experience when I was a child and I was taken to some place, I don't know where, it was a mental, a mental thing. 
I had. And uh, I saw some beings also, and they told me the key of the universe is energy in resonance. Mm -hmm. I came with this as a child, I knew it. And along the, my, my studies, I just recognize it more and more. Mm -hmm. And when I did the Cappy motor based on Dr. Cappy's theory, I was sleeping two, at two o'clock in the morning, two and a half o'clock in the morning, a.m. I woke up with a sudden voice in my mind saying, if you want to achieve resonance, try pulse. Nice. Because I was trying many months and years trying to turn the Faraday's motor into something resonant. And he said for me, if you want to achieve resonance, please try pulse. Yes. This was the yes. message to me. And I woke up and I said, my God, I know what I have to do now. Mm -hmm. Because I was thinking over and over about that. And I did it in the next, uh, next week. I, was, I did the Cappy motor together with my friend. So everything is resonance, is, a, is the key of the knowledge. Oh, that's so wonderful. That is so Our problem in our society today is that people are too much connected to the material world and they lost this consciousness that we are one in the middle of uh, so much. We are connected to everything through resonance. So check this out. And I try to explain this to people because you can give anybody, you can tell them the answer to their dilemma. But if their consciousness, if their energy isn't in resonance with what, it won't land. It won't, they won't capture it. No. Yeah. It will not land. So like people always ask me like, oh, when is free energy going to happen? I'm like, are you at a point of free energy yet? Are you literally at, an, at a consciousness level where you're in such harmony with your creator and with, your, with the creation around you that, that that induces that type of mechanism into your consciousness? Are you, are you there yet? And I have yet to have a one person say yes. Because the disarray that is internal is yeah. actually the disarray that they actually experience externally. So what I'm trying to do is at the, at the very, my wife says this all the time. She's like, you're here for morale. <laughs> you're here to, to, to make people believe in the good again, like to, to be happy, to know that there's joy. And so what I'm trying to do with the podcast and with, with all my clients and things like that is I'm trying to explain, this is all about your consciousness. Like you have to get to a point of internal, um, I like to call it dynamic disequilibrium, like Schauberger, but you have to get to a point of knowing, like it has to be at the knowing level that you are actually worthy and not in an egoic way, but like you are actually worthy of, of the abundance that is naturally here. Yes, yes, yes. And then right. and the people that, that are in my, my sphere of attention, they're all doing similar work. It, that's the work that we all are relative to each other with that type of work. 
So it's slow going and I, I have patience in this. I know everybody will have the energy and the information come to them when they're ready for it, you know? And I'm like, I'm over the moon with the amount of information sharing that is, is, is occurring nowadays, especially like yeah. through mediums like this, where people can hear it from many different directions, you know, because I know for, for me, I normally have to hear something from many different directions before it lands. And so <laughs> I, I think, I think right now it's just a great time to be alive because, you know, people can see, you know, they, they can essentially go through the net and find all these different reflections of their, their self in, in that. And then they can decide in that moment, okay, what lands for them. And for me to be able to bring this, this type of technology to market or to, to help you guys bring it to market is just one of those things where it is a reflection of the greater consciousness that's happening. I think it was yeah. the consciousness that you spoke about in the early 20th century. You had yes. you had Schauberger, you had Tesla, you had Wilhelm Reich, you had all these minds that all blossomed at the same time, and the consciousness was there. Like people were doing homeopathy, people were doing natural healing. There was all this huge, like boom, conscious, like the 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 level of energy that must have been going on was amazing. And then for whatever reason, the pulse, like you said, it contracted. The consciousness into this materialistic paradigm but i think just like nature nature is always pulsing so now that contraction happened and now we're going back out yeah but the, then you have to consider that the world is dominated by evil powers yes and these evil powers they suppress this new technology they suppress all the knowledge we should have today Yes. For example, if we had accepted Tesla's ideas and these other geniuses of the past, we would be going to the stars today. Yes. We are still believing in uh, Newtonian physics, Einstein's physics. For example, Einstein's formula says equal uh, E equals mc squared. What happens if you remove m from the equation? E is zero, right? <laughs> so. It shows very clear that E depends on mass. So no. how come? How can you make a, a spaceship coming from other star to, to the planet Earth or vice versa? Mm -hmm. You will need a combustible uh, chamber the size of a planet to come from one place to the other. It's impossible. Yes. You would need matter enough to do to have energy to extract energy to travel. This is impossible. These flying saucers that we are familiar with. I think you have seen, I saw, my friend saw. It's impossible. They cannot suppress this anymore from the people. We know these beings uh, exist. We know these ships exist. They travel to Earth and they travel not on Newtonian physics. You know, they yeah. are not based on material physics. It's energetics physics. Yes. Yeah, so it's, we, it's and the thing too is I moved to an area of the world where there's a lot of plasma. So the area of Missouri that I live in, it's over essentially a massive oak forest. And that oak forest is over massive limestone caves. 
And so this area is very, very well known for both the cave systems and people call them UFOs all the time, but it's these, the, this plasma, this extra electrical thing that's observant. Like just on my property, we had one last week where it was like hovering through the, the forest, the top of the forest line. But they seem what? to be intelligent, right? Yes. <laughs> and here's the thing. Guess where it was hovering over? It was hovering over an area because I do water divining. Have you seen that with the with the copper, the, the copper pipes? Yes, yes, yes. So water we call it water witching or divining. Um, I found a vortex at the top of my property where the water was running from east to west, but then there was a tangential north to south energetic line, like a magnetic line. Right where they crossed over, my little wires would just spin and spin and spin. So I was like, we can't build here. <laughs> This is a special spot. And then looking yeah. around the forest, there were all these, well, not all, there was only two, but somebody at some point knew it was a special area because they had placed all these beautiful rocks. It might've been like a burial place or something. I don't know what, but the rock formations were in a very, I guess you would almost say an arced configuration around where this portal, where this, this vortex was going. That's exactly where the plasma was. Aha. Uh -huh. You see, it's a vortex of energy, right? Yes. Yeah. It literally makes like I, I had friends with me and I showed them. I actually said I, I gave I gave the, the rods, my rods to uh -huh. a woman who had never done it before. And I said, look, I'm not doing this. She walked over the same spot and they were spinning. It's amazing. huh? Yeah, it's amazing. Really amazing. And so <laughs> that is a plasma. That, well, that. My my neighbor actually saw it. I didn't, but where he was pointing to on my property was exactly where that portal, I call it a portal because that's what it feels like in my body. But yeah, it, he pointed to that area and he said the plasma came up and then it went across the tree line. And Victor Schauberger talked about like when the trees are really, really healthy and giving a lot of energy, they create these little plasma balls that come out of them. And for me, I've seen that in the jungles of Costa Rica. I've now heard about it here. I haven't seen it personally, but this area is very well known for it. But this area also has these massive trees that are over 100 years old that are everywhere here over this mm. very special ge geological configuration. And I think all of that, you know, induces this, this plasmatic current. Yeah, so you see everything is energy, is energetic. Yes. yes. We live in an energetic reality. Definitely. And just sometimes we get consciousness of it, but everything is energy. Yes. Yeah, you, you know that Dr. Kepi's work is fantastic in the sense that if he, he developed a methodology to see your own problems, to reach the problems, your unconscious problems. And when you reach your problem that you are not aware of, mm -hmm. then it simply disappears. And when it disappears, the more energy you receive, mm -hmm. then you resolve your physical and mental problems. 
You must know the technique, Dr. Kepi's technique. You must know it because I, I think you will help a lot of your your audience. I, I will send you some books. Please I, read them. It's a fantastic knowledge for you. I think you will love a lot. Well, I'm 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 totally into it. Um, one of my really good friends, he's a homeopathic doctor, and a naturopathic doctor, and he developed a system that goes back and it tracks depending on the symptomology or the problem that a person comes to, it's a way in which you actually, I, I'm not saying it's, it's kept, it, I'm not saying it's Norbert, Nor, Norberto Kepe's um, system, but it sounds similar where you, it, it, it backtracks you to the source of your misbelief or disbelief. Yes, exactly. Something, yes. but Dr. Kepe has a tool it's a technique that is uh, infallible. With this tool, you can really reach the point of your sickness, of your disease. As long as you reach it, then you get consciousness of it, it disappears. Excellent. But then you are confronted with your own will. Your will will decide if you continue in that inverted attitude or not. Right. Because, for example, you know that to, to, to smoke is bad. But it's a question of will. You yeah. decide to continue or not, but you know that to smoke is bad. But now imagine your unconscious problems. You will get to know them, and then you will decide if you continue or not in that attitude. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have seen here in the clinic, Dr. Kepi, he managed, he was a director of the biggest clinic, psychosomatic clinic in South America with more than 9,000 uh, clients, patients, wow. under his supervision, mm -hmm. in the biggest hospital here in South America called the Hospital das Clinicas. Mm -hmm. 9,000 patients were treated with his uh, methodology, mm -hmm. and he could uh, prove that all kinds of diseases, they are psychosomatic. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that means? It means that even cancer, you can cure through words, because words are energetic. Yeah. As long as the person perceives the cause, the, the cancer disappears because it's energy missing in the body. Mm -hmm. All of our mental and physical problems are energetic problems. As long as you open the tap, the energy starts to flow again and your body is recomposed. It's unbelievable. I myself am, I am a witness to many, many, many unsolvable cases by traditional medicine and i saw them cure from zero to 100 you know that's amazing so i i want to ask you about you made the bridge from from going from a biological human organism taking his methodology and mechanizing it yeah that is remarkable like you would love my podcast because I've actually talked with other inventors on my podcast where we talked about the, the going from energy to material about these these inventors like Keeley and Wilhelm Reich because I have lots of Wilhelm Reich devices that I've built that work. I mean, I've seen it work, but you go from what what were what were the steps that you took to take what would be considered an abstract biological human methodology and apply it to mechanics 
to apply it to something that is material? Yeah, the key thing is resonance, like I said. Mm -hmm. And resonance implies pulsation. It's a pulse, pulsation. So the only way you have to pulse something in electromagnetic field, because physics believes electromagnetism is a basic form of energy, basic form, like nuclear force, like weak force, strong force, and gravity. They believe like this. But as Dr. Kepi says that electromagnetism is a secondary form of energy, then I can use it to pump the primary form of energy. Mm -hmm. And I can do that by resonating it with the magnets. So the third element would flow through them. First element, coils in oscillation. Second element is the magnets in spinning magnets, creating a resonance and resonance pumps energy from outside to the material realm. Mm -hmm. transferring to torque and RPM. Mm -hmm. I thought about the lungs and the, the heart because lungs and heart, they make a certain, they are very similar to the way the works, mo the, the motor works. Yes. When one is maximum, the other is minimum and vice versa. Mm -hmm. They do a dialectics. Yes. And that's the way we force in a cap motor, coils and rotor in dialectics. Increasing and decreasing, increasing and decreasing. When they are in resonance, you have this phenomenon, I said. Some seers, they told me, I am not a seer, but some seers, when I presented the motor in some instances, some people, they came to me after the presentation and said, Caesar, I could see a halo around the motor that I never saw in any other device. And then I said, "You, what you are seeing is similar to a heart pulsation, isn't it? They described it. Yes, exactly like a heart pulsation. Mm -hmm. It does like this. It's a magnetic. It's not a magnetic field. It's no. something prior to it. Mm -hmm. And some people have the ability to see. Some mm -hmm. others, they see some kind of a fluid, like a white fluid coming out of the coils mm -hmm. too. Many, many people reported that to me, but I myself didn't see, but they said they saw, you know. It, this is, and this is what I feel in massage. So I, I'll be more specific in polarity therapy. It usually takes, depend, if, if it's somebody that I've been with for a while, it, it's, it's quicker, but with a new client, when I work on them within about 20, 25 minutes, that's when we are in resonance, my body and their body. It takes, it takes about 20 minutes to, to finally get into that resonance. And the way I know is one, my body completely relaxes and two, I start to do things that I'm not thinking about. Like my, 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 my hands and the leverages and things that, that, that I'll start to use are not, they're not mental. They're not like, there's a mental component that's recording it and going, oh yeah, yeah, you've done this before for this, this, and this, but that's not the primary driver. Uh-huh. That's a secondary recording mechanism. 
the driver, once I'm in, when I'm in resonance with somebody in anything, in athletics, in, 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 let's just say, let's keep this, this um, example of massage. My body just knows what to do. It just knows and it does it. And there's, there is no time also. There's like, I, I can't explain it to people because most people frame things within a time, like a linear timeline. But when you're in that resonant pattern, time doesn't work the same way. Mm -hmm. the, the timing component is very odd. It's like you have more specificity with your awareness. So that, that would indicate that time is slowing, but then at the same time, an hour and a half or two hours will go by and it's like, oh my God, I had no idea it took so long. You know uh, what I'm saying? It's, it's like they're both happening at the same time. You know, Einstein's theory is inverted because about time, he, it's, uh, Einstein said that when you have a mass in speed, the more the mass has speed, the time uh, del delays, right? Yeah, until it stops when you reach the, the velocity of light. Dr. Cappy says the opposite. He says the thing, time is connected to vibration. Mm -hmm. As long as you, you increase your vibration, spiritual vibration, time stops. It stops. Mm -hmm. You come out of time because matter has time in itself. The vibration of matter has time in material dimension. Yes. But the human beings, they are not like uh, ma uh, dead matter. We have mm -hmm. a spirit. So we can increase our level of vibration. And by increasing it, you get out of time. Yes. This was not, this was our original condition before the fall. Yes. Because in the beginning of times, we were perfect and we fell because of pathology. And this pathology became unconscious. And because of that, we are trapped into time because our vibration diminished. Mm -hmm. We have today the same vibration as the brute matter. That's why entropy passes to us. Mm -hmm. We age and die. But as long as you increase your, your vibration of your body, you will stop aging and will never die. Mm -hmm. This is our original condition. Yes. And this, uh, Christopher, is perfectly aligned with Christian Jewish tradition. Yes. Perfectly aligned. This is science connected to ancient theology. There is nothing against each other. I agree. But now today with the energetics, we have conditions to explain what theology has been explaining along this millennium to us. This, this is awesome. Um, I know I, I know we agreed to an hour and a half. <laughs> We're <laughs> speaking of time dilation and <laughs> raise of consciousness. I can't believe we've already spoken for this long. Um, what exactly, hopefully we can do this again because I have so much more to, to, to talk to you about. Um, I, in this conversation, it feels like we're already friends. Um, just real quickly, why don't we tell people what your company is actually providing? Because I, I, I would like people to know what exactly you guys are selling and what you're providing, other than this incredible metaphysics. <laughs> um, uh, what products do you guys have 
what what are you most excited about with what you guys are providing at the moment? Well, what we do, we have a, a handcraft a artisanal a factory in Cambuquira, in south of Minas. Minas Gerais is a state in Brazil. I am speaking from São Paulo. Okay. The state more at north is Minas Gerais. In the south of Minas, we have a factory there. And we are uh, manufacturing uh, uh, handcraft ventilators, fans, fans. Yeah, this one here, like this yes. one here. Yes, that's the one. I bought two of them. Yeah, it's been very difficult to, to develop this company in the conventional ways because we do not accept money from banks, from other companies who want to extract money out of it. Of this, we want to to make people participate in this construction. Mm -hmm. So now we made up a, a faculty. We have a faculty in which we explain, we teach these theories uh, on psychopathology, we teach social pathology, we, we teach uh, uh, management, um, environment management, we teach energetics, the science of energetics. And in this science of energetics, we also teach them how to build up these motors. Mm -hmm. And so we use the students to make an internship in the factory. So they can go to the factory and learn by themselves in the practice how to do them. And so the, our factory is growing organically, you know, without investments. We don't like this kind of things because otherwise you get bind to, to banks and this capitalistic system that will always try to, to overtake you, right? And so now we are just uh, offering this... Uh, table fans at the moment. Mm -hmm. But we have prototypes developed of pumps, water pumps, uh, vacuum cleaners, um, washing machines, air conditioners. We have motors for all of that done in terms of prototypes, mm -hmm. but not in, in ready products, right? Mm -hmm. Understood. Well, that's yeah, one we also courses. Now we do courses on energetics teach people how to make this motor. Well, right. I'm I'm going to continue to build them because <laughs> I built, <laughs> I think when I built yours in 2010, you had a franchise model back then where like if you built the, the motor up to the specification that you guys agreed upon, then essentially you would franchise like after you examined the, the, the process of the builder, you would... Um, the franchisor would pay for, or franchisee, I always get those mixed up. They would pay just like five or 10% of a royalty fee back to Kepe. Do you guys still have that model working? Not yet, but we are developing a different model in which we are similar to this, very similar to this, because we want the others to reproduce this system yes. and spread out to many countries. We want this. This technology must go out. Right. Must go. It's gonna help a lot of people. Well, you know, you'll be really happy to hear this because what I'm really bringing to market, other than dome homes, is I'm bringing the the technology of aircrete to the market, like on on a on a decently large scale. I'm bringing the rocket mass heating systems, and with the rocket mass heating systems, 
-hmm. you can use so little fuel to heat and, and cool because a lot of people don't know heat pumps can cool um so i'm bringing those to market and just the shape of a dome in and of itself it only takes one tenth the energy to heat or cool so i have in my costa rica project my client bought two of your fans and right now they're pushing air through two circular buildings so i'm getting i'm getting video and all this stuff ready to show people i'm like okay look you can have these pulsed dc motors my my baby girl's going crazy um you can have these motors that use so little energy moving air through a building that doesn't need that much energy to begin with uh -huh. and you can heat or cool the space with these other systems that don't take that much energy either and have like zero co2 output because they burn so efficiently and uh -huh. these are just, they're what I call, even though I know it's not this, but I call it low tech in the sense that it's simple. Everything is simple. <laughs> like you said, it's simple, beautiful, and good. Yeah. That, that is the truth. And so these systems, you could, you could have people not tied to these crazy inefficient structures that are toxic for them. The shape is toxic. The materials is toxic. The, all the electrical systems that they're using inside these things are toxic for them. And that you could actually give somebody who's, who is choosing to not be in disease in an environment that actually envelops them in joy, envelops them in love. Uh -huh. And that's, that's, I'm trying to give people a full cohesive model of that. That's that's been my drive. And so I, 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 I feel like I'm in resonance. I've always been in resonance with Kepe. <laughs> oh, yes, for sure. I think the world has many people raising up the consciousness of other people. Yes. I think when we reach a certain level, humanity will change because the energy will be coming to our planet in higher quantities. Yes. The problem is that our planet is surrounded by very evil energy. Yeah. But now it's time for us to clean it up. Yeah. Don't you think? We're Otherwise the Olympia we will... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Cesar, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. Is there any, uh, is there any uh, specific direction I should send my, my audience to, to learn more about Kepe? Well, uh, the you mean the address? The, the address yeah, I the don't know if there's social media. I'll put all the links in in the bio of this. We later on we will we will send to you the link so you can put in the in the screen, Perfect. right? Awesome. <laughs> the the people of the administration will talk to you there, <laughs> I think, <laughs> and take care of these these things. All Wonderful. right. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you for your time, Cesar. I'm very happy too. And I, I thank the audience for listening to it too. Yes. And I expect to see you again. Yes, please. I hope you enjoyed the Bio Charisma podcast with Cesar Sos. <laughs> I'm always looking up, trying to find the pronunciation. Dude, could you feel his heart? I mean, I don't know how many 
physicists you've come across are actually engineers, people that can build things um, that had the heart that that gentleman did. We didn't even get into, you know, eight of my direct questions uh, about the motor. But I have to say I've, I've worked on, well, I built one of the, the Kepe motors, so I understand the mechanics of it. And what we have found in, I guess you'd call it the world of over unity, is that anything that has a pulse, that pulse, like our body, is pulling in energy from a domain that we're not aware of, aware of. And we are energetic beings pretending to be material. <laughs> and a lot of the material things that we build are the same way. So I'm not an animist. I'm not saying, ooh, you know, everything is alive. I'm saying everything is animated through energy. Energy comes first. Um, and there's different forms of energy. I'm not going to be, you know, uh, uh, I guess you would call it a flaky new ager. By energy, I'm talking about subtle forces. The subtle forces control the gross forces. And this podcast really defines how there can be a transition from the metaphysical realm into the physical realm. And it's through resonance. And so uh, my work with Tanya Harris at the moment is dealing with resonance, talking with musicians like Jorge Mesa is dealing with resonance. Resonance is the key. Um, resonance has been the key to my massage practice. And it's, it really is this way in which the good, true, and beautiful, um, the way God can present in your life in a very efficient way. <laughs> um, there, I've always had a personal uh I guess you would say, draw to things that are extremely efficient. And I get very mad at myself when I'm inefficient. And <laughs> I think that's just my natural inclination towards this, this good, true, and beautiful, towards this state in which there is that perfect efficiency and transition between the metaphysical and the physical realm. I hope you've been able to see throughout these podcasts, whether we're talking to Dr. Moshe Daniel, Dr. Daniels, um, whether it's Jonathan Butts of Natural Action Water, all these different guests that we're having are essentially showing resonance is the key. Misbelief or disbelief or incorrect thought patterns that are embed within your within yourself are actually the the core um, componentry of what is is discombobulating your system and that discombobulation over a prolonged time leads to an entropy state uh, a, 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 dis <laughs> a state that dissolves the body so I've felt this for a very long time and experienced it in, in a very real way the the amount of Usually um, people, once they reach a certain level of entropy, their energetic body, their soul leaves <laughs> because the material body, they're no longer in resonance with the material body that 
they were animating. So this conversation is going to be the first of many. Um, I really want to thank you for your support. Uh, we're getting just absolutely wonderful guests on. You're going to see the next few podcasts. They're all going to build on each other. Um, my wife and I, we're going to start, um, what's it called? Uh, live streaming. And so I'll be answering questions and for all of, the, all of the supporters out there that I was going to do Celestic profiles for, I in the next week, I'll be able to start to jump into those. Just had a series of crazy travels and reorganization of a lot of things. I, I had to put all that on the back burner. So I really thank you for your patience and I thank you for your support. I have a buy me a coffee account thing that you can see on Telegram. I'll put the link in the show notes. And um, also, you can support through the donation tab on Topher HQ. You can also support, uh, I guess, just through PayPal. So thank you so much again. And I look forward to seeing you guys soon. You ought to know. Well, now you. You ought to know. You ought to know by